Welcome, everyone, to Politically High Tech with your host, Elias. I have a guest here who I'm going to say positively interesting, okay? Don't use the stereotype. They use, you know, uh, very geeky, tech-savvy people as obese, glasses, you know, just eating Doritos or something. No, this guy is going to just shatter that stereotype without even trying okay you know i look i have used that for jokes and stuff like that well i'm kind of overweight so i'm kind of insulting myself to some extent but i have a sense of humor i got thick skin pun intended it is kind of thick but i'm also thick skin in that area i don't mind joking around even at my own expense you can't take life too seriously sometimes in a work environment yeah but you know yeah you gotta leave a little room for fun and Definitely positivity because mental illness is through the roof. So before I get very long-winded and drag this conversation to the mudslide, I have a guest. His name is Eric Mayhew. He's going to introduce himself and we're going to get into the whole Web3, AI. What does this mean? Why is this, why is this transformation going to be positive instead of terrifying? All right, take it away, Eric. Hey, Elias. And honestly, man, thank you for having me. I'm truly grateful and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Nice to meet everyone. My name is Eric. I'm 30 years old and I'm blessed to be living in beautiful Southern California. My main hobbies are chess, Muay Thai. I love to read anything under the sun and meditation. I just got back from a 10 day noble silence meditation retreat in Joshua Tree, California. The method was Vipassa. It was a beautiful transformative experience. The program itself, it, it's completely free. So if you're interested at all, I, I recommend that to everyone. I just got my dad to join. So I'm pretty happy about that. In terms of schooling, and I'm down to talk about that if we want to, if we want to recircle back, but in terms of schooling, I went to U the University of California, Irvine. I interned abroad in Barcelona and in Washington, D.C. as a government affairs consulting intern, which was really funny because of how opposite those work cultures are. I mean, like in Barcelona, you show up at 10 a.m. in sandals and you'd be like the first one there. Whereas in Washington, D.C., you show up at 8.30 a.m., full student tie, despite the humidity, and you'd be the last one there. My first job out of college was at Snap Inc., and that was helping craft their ad algorithm. The reason I chose that was for two main reasons. First off, the location. It was located in beautiful Venice Beach, which is a fun place to be in. And the structure of their facilities was it wasn't one large campus. It was a bunch of different campuses. So they bought a bunch of houses, warehouses, all that jazz. So you'd walk around, work with a bunch of different work groups. And that was a great learning experience. The second reason I chose that was because it was right before their IPO. So I wanted to be I wanted to see what the energy was like going through that. From there, I'm like, okay, that was fun, but I better get a nine to five job. I end up as a bankruptcy consultant. So if a company is going through the, the bankruptcy process, they hire consultants to help move the debt around. The firm was great. Um, everyone was smart, everyone was kind. Again, it was a pretty cool job. You got to speak with some high-level people, but it didn't really align with my ethos at the time. So at that point in time. I was really getting into Bitcoin, really getting into cryptocurrency. I was reading all the podcasts, listening to all the all the speakers, reading all the books. I had my friend group who we'd talk about your trash for each other. It's like, hey, did you buy Bitcoin today? No. Well, then you're a pussy. So that ethos didn't align with the consulting ethos because a consultant's consultancy firm, the consultants usually charge billable hours to the company. The company then pays that. So in this model, we were charging billable hours to a bankrupt company. So when in the bankruptcy process, there's tiers of creditors, there's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier one gets paid first, tier two gets paid second, tier four gets the leftovers. And then tier four, it's usually the mom and pops. It's usually me and you. So tier four usually gets pennies on the dollar. So as we were billing out hours to the bankruptcy cut, bankruptcy company that money was being taken from a pool which i felt should have gone to the everyday you and me just everyday citizen which doesn't align with the rent-seeking ethos that bitcoin abides by so without a plan i quit that job started going to cryptocurrency meetups because i knew i was going to work in that space eventually met the original ShopX team at one in long beach we had a spin-off startup called CartRev, and that was VC funded in Santa Monica. What that did is it replaced affiliate codes for e-commerce brands. So just like TikTok shop, TikTok shops, you can buy through their platform. We did that first through Instagram. So any brand could upload their any Shopify brand could upload a pro their products, and then any user on our platform could sell any product from any brand. So. If I have this Nike shoe, this Adidas hat, this Reebok shirt, I can add all three to a link. And then you as my follower, friend, or whomever, you can click my link from Instagram 
And with an app, you can make the purchase, brand gets a sale, you get a discount, I get commission, and everyone's happy. The issue with that was Instagram didn't like that too much, so they made a giant pain in the ass. And well, either way, that's no longer around, but the learning experience from dealing with e-commerce, so many e-commerce brands, was invaluable to ShopX. So ShopX is one of my current products right now. So ShopX is the Apple of Web3. We're a suite of products for our e-commerce brand to download our app or a Shopify WooCommerce brand to download our app and then interact within Web3 to gain Web3 benefits. So the why behind this is overall, I would like to live a nice, peaceful life. I couldn't do that if I viewed the money system as being fucked up. That originally led me to gold and silver or physical gold and silver as a solution to that. And that originally led me to Bitcoin as an upgrade version of that. And ShopX is a way for me to onboard people into the crypto ecosystem at scale. So for example, if like a brand like Nike, they use their products and services, offer Web3 products to their customers, they onboard a million customers. That's a zero to one moment for a lot of people. Right now, we have two products live. The first is Reserve X. So what that is, is that's a NFT powered loyalty program. So if you're a brand on Shopify or WooCommerce, you can download our app, get our tokenized software licenses, which are actually pretty cool. So our tokens function as tokenized software licenses, and this is the first of their kind. So if your brand wants to use our products and services, you have to get the right amount of licenses, and then you're good to go. So directly within the Shopify app, you can launch your own NFT collection in less than five minutes. So we created a no-code solution for anyone on Shopify with no coding expertise. It's so easy. It's it's really just two form advanced. So like an image, a description, a title, how many passes you want made how much you want to pass the cost. From there, you have a template for a landing page. You fill all that information out. You as a brand, congratulations, you just launched your first NFT collection without writing a single line of code, without doing anything technical. Now that your NFT collection is launched, you can program an e-commerce benefits to that NFT for your customers. So let's say Nike launches a gold, silver, bronze style pass collection. Since we're already connected or integrated with their Shopify or WooCommerce store, directly within the app, you can add specific products to the pass. So Nike could be like, okay, gold pass holders, you get product A for free. Silver pass holders, you get product A for 50% off. Bronze pass holders, you get product A for, you just get it before everyone else. So you as a brand can continuously add value to your customers in that way. So you can add, you can add many products, you got one product, you can set it so each pass can purchase product once. Again, the flexibility and value is on the brand, which leads us to our second product and we believe in uh creating a whole a holistic system of products so everything should work together and the second product i think you'll love is squad x and that's the first ever blockchain-based ambassador program so just like twitter pays its creators from their ad revenue we pay our community for helping our ecosystem grow from our reserve x business so when a brand let's say let's say nike they sell one pass for 100 bucks they have control over 95 percent of the fund so as soon as the customer makes that purchase they immediately get control over 95 if they want to work with an agency or an influencer they can program in their wallet so everyone's paid and incentivized properly ShopX earns five percent <laughs> and of that five percent we share half of that five percent so 2.5 dollars with our community for help our ecosystem grow and the logic behind that is, A, it's better to give than receive. Try giving 20 bucks versus asking for 20 bucks. The feeling is giving is much better. And B, it creates a positive spiral around ShopX. So as ShopX gets more and more brands, more and more, more mints happen, ShopX makes more and more money, our community gets paid more and more Ethereum, they're posting more, they're getting on brands' pages, they're, they're like going brand Twitter accounts like, hey, you need to use ShopX for this reason. I then copy and paste that tweet. Send it on, go on LinkedIn, send that tweet to all the whole company, and that usually results in a phone call. So it just creates a nice upward spiral for everyone involved. And it goes into another ethos that Shopbox uses for product design. It's we believe in powerful relationships, not forceful ones. So in a forceful relationship, one party wins, one party loses. And that's obviously not sustainable because one party is eventually like, fuck this, I'm out. But in a powerful relationship, which honestly, this podcast is one, which is why we're both doing it, both parties win. So it's sustainable. So when we're designing our products, like, Okay, who is part of this equation? The brand. Okay, the brand wins because they get higher conversions, higher customer retention, higher or lower customer acquisition costs, word of mouth marketing, they get a bunch of shit. So they win. The brand's customer wins because they get e-commerce benefits that come with NFT and they wouldn't make that purchase if they weren't winning. So they're, they're an easy one. ShopX wins because we earn revenue and we onboard people in the ecosystem. So that's great for us. Yay, ShopX. The ShopX community wins because, well, they get paid Ethereum, so they're obviously just winning. They're, they're winning, they're posting, it's a good time for them. The crypto community at a whole wins because in crypto, there's not too many real world use cases of actually people using Web3 technologies. So they win because more people enter the space. And the world at a whole wins because we're onboarding more people into the crypto space, which I think is just net positive for everyone involved, whether they know it or not. 
And to be honest, when it's all said and done, they don't really need to know it or not. So that's my first project. So ShopX is the Apple of Web3. I'm working at AI part matchmaking service too. So if you want, I can go into that. Or if you have any questions about what I've said so far, it's, it's up to you, dude. Ah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you already said a whole lot. I was trying to keep up with all the double taking. I mean, I like how you just break down simply about the tier one and the tier four. That was the first question I was going to ask as a follow-up. Tier one gets the the best slices yeah. of the pie, the largest, like, and then goes downward from there. Tier four, you just get the scratch. <laughs> That's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. always it's always the normal person, right? Unless unless for some reason I decide to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, uh, you know, um, but yeah, you know, that that's uh very, very that's very, very interesting to me. And you say that Bitcoin's better than gold and silver. I don't know. Time and legacy will yeah. tell about that. Yeah, time will always tell. And time will always tell about that. So for gold and silver is still the king and queen so far, but Bitcoin is interesting. I'm slowly warming up to the idea. I'm not going to lie. I, I I was first hell no to yeah. now a soft skeptic said, maybe you could do some good. Maybe, maybe, but maybe, maybe I should have met y'all a long time ago. Maybe y'all would have changed my mind because um, people I've talked to were very, very, very stupid and careless. I think that's, that's why. No, I, I think a lot. Of, and I think one of the bigger problems with the crypto ecosystem is the ecosystem is toxic sometimes. So like imagine you're trying to research it. A lot of people that just join like what what is this shit just a bunch of people just talking shit behind anonymous pfp just being rude being mean being not welcoming just putting the image in a bad light so i think for crypto mass adoption that has to change too so thanks for pointing that out oh yeah no, <laughs> I, 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 I can handle toxic people uh well they're just dumb sometimes I'm, yeah oh no i'm sure you know i the toxic people don't bother me as much it's just more it's just more you know i just wasn't convinced to listen if you want more people in this adventure you got more people then you just can't keep this little exclusive type of currency to yourselves you know eventually you're gonna have to branch out if you want to grow that is um and especially with more people i know there's a certain market cap limit i forget the exact amount it's probably like a couple of hundred billion if i'm not mistaken um last time i checked um let's see what was another wasn't a follow-up i have i think token license software is interesting that's like what a legitimacy that you own the thing electronically that's what yes yeah, so essentially like imagine yourself you're buying access to like microsoft word or like microsoft suite of products you have to buy a license, you get three licenses, one user gets one license, they get access to products and services. So we just have a tokenized version of that so people can buy and sell their licenses on the free market. Oh, okay, yeah, it has to yeah. resell. That's the big difference. Instead of just, oh, it's yours, oh well, rather you yeah. like it or not. <laughs> yeah, so like if, if a brand wants to enter our ecosystem, use their products and services, they buy the licenses. When they go on the app and see if they can use it, we scan to see if they have the right amount. If good, fantastic. And then if they want to leave the ecosystem, then they know a buyer, they want to resell on an authorized reseller, they can do that and it's totally within their power. Yep. And of course, no code NFTs. I think you need to break down what is an NFT to someone because I'm sure I have some listeners that are just going, what the fuck is Web3? <laughs> they just had this low baseline understanding, certain of them, not all of them. They're smart in different ways, but I'm based on my age range group, the average age is probably like 40 to like 50s or something. So I'm sure some of them are just like, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me let me do that. Let, let me go back to Web1 just so we can lay the foundation properly, just because that, that's easier. So Web1, I like to think as think of as read-only. So Web1, you can go online, you can read shit. Which is cool because you can read stuff that's new. Web 2, it's easy to frame it as social media. So like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you can read, you can write, but you can't own. So I can create an Instagram post. That's me writing content. You as my follower, a friend, or whomever, you can read my post, which is you reading it. You can interact with it. You can do you. The only issue is I don't own the content. You don't own the content. Instagram owns the content. So they can cancel me at any point in time. Like I could say the, the customer I just said that could be not okay in 10 years from now. They'll be like, Okay, these guys are both done. Or they could also sell my data for nefarious purposes. Again, it's they own the content. So in Web3, it's read, write, and own. So just like in Web2, you can read content, you can write content. The only difference is you can own the content. And the vehicle for that is either a cryptocurrency, which is important in owning because like imagine like having your bank account just froze and like the Can Canadian truckers like you're just like, what the fuck? Where's my money? So like crypto bitcoin's like gold in the sense where you can just own it and no one can take it from you. But in this case, it's an NFT. So NFT stands for non-fungible token, which is essentially just a piece of digital scarcity on the internet. So imagine if I create a piece of content in the form of NFT, you can just think of it like a picture to make it simpler. 
I either gift you the NFT or you buy it. There's now a relationship between me and you with no third party. So my area of expertise is e-commerce. So if I'm an e-commerce brand, I can continuously add benefits to that pass. It could be discounts, it could be in real life events, it could be products. If I'm a music artist or a painter, I can offer you in real life events, like meet the artists. I can do whatever I want with that. If it's a ticket, like you could, NFTs could be a ticket. So Ticketmaster's cut out because they obviously, I don't know if you've been to a show recently, they take a stupid amount of money. But like, let's say you buy that ticket. I go to a game where like LeBron passes whoever and basketball points. That ticket is proof that I was there. There's a connection between me and the brand. And then they can airdrop an NFT of the commemorative moment. So there's a lot of things you could do with that. And the cool thing about the NFT is you own that. So like in our e-commerce example, even though I created the NFT, you own the NFT. So I can't take it away from you. The government can't take it away from you. Amazon, Instagram can't take it away from you. It's your NFT. So if you want to sell it on the secondary market, you can. If you want to hold it forever, you can. If you want to sit and do nothing with it, you can. Again, it's your NFT. It's up to you. And I like to joke that Web4 is just like the a dystopian type thing with like the metaverse, AR, VR, Web3, AI, all just kind of bundled into like the goggles you have in the background. And Web5, I think everyone's enough. Of, they're like, enough of this shit. I need the sun. Let's go back outside. Which I think we'll get to see eventually because like we'll go through the phase. We're just like, I think we're starting it now, like with the, with the VR, where it's like you just see people just walking around. It's like, you look like fucking idiots. <laughs> That's not sustainable. Oh, I absolutely agree. And now just throwing a little current events. Oh, there's some guy with a Tesla truck who had the freaking the virtual reality goggles thingamajig oh my god i'm i'm in my mid-30s i'm signing a boomer already that's scary but anyways <laughs> you know the police stop and say oh no it's in my right i can still see i know what i'm doing but and you know the cars that auto drive so i'm fine no you're not <laughs> fine you're a fool and you're, exactly. putting, you're putting other people in danger too so just stop yeah i was like oh my you see and this is exactly what i predicted using my cynical negative thinking yes he's the positive i'm the cynical negative one normally um you know I, i'm learning how to be positive um yeah i'm slowly but surely i'll get i'll get there eventually but yeah yeah it's just yeah the goggle thing is just i don't know how to react either just you're a fool just like you said or i'll go a step further and say you're a fucking idiot for doing yeah, especially in the area where in public where there's so many people pass by Oh, and I can't believe one YouTuber, and I can't believe I had the, 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 I can't believe I watched it too. I was just curious to see if he was going to get to a fight or something. I'm pretty, I won't be surprised you heard of this YouTuber, Casey Neistat. He tested that goggle thing in Times Square. I said, you are a crazy person. Times Square is just thousands of people passing by per second. But I'm, I'm just surprised that he didn't get, he got a couple people laughing at him. No surprise. He got a couple people even intrigued. So what? Can you see me? He said, yeah, no, I can see you. And he can see the computer screen. He was watching Mr. Beast video and all of that. Why I brought that up? Because that's relevant to the damn glad to the damn um, goggles, I want to call them, um, that have in the background. So it was it was weird. It was weird as hell. And I and, and, and the damn thing cost about four thousand dollars. He told me, he said, I'm not spending four thousand dollars on some on some stupid goggles. I, I, I'm just not. Just like I said, we are tier four. Me, I can, I can afford that, but still, I'm I'm not gonna spend four thousand dollars on the on the goggle like that. The most I'm willing to pay is like five hundred, barely. Not my four thousand for that thing. Nah, not me, not me. Yes, it's a tech podcast, but it, it also gives me right to be critical because as much as I love technology, I gotta I gotta call it like it is. Yeah. So what I what I think Apple is doing in this situation is I think they're following the exact same business model of their iphone so if you remember when the iphone first came out it was just it was just stupidly expensive for a phone you're like i'm not spending two three grand for a phone my flip phone works fine and then they just kind of worked on it and 10 years down the line everyone kind of has an iphone so i think they're just trying to do that with the ar vr like right now it's just clunky it's expensive but i think they're going to try to just make it more mainstream just by doing what they did with the iphone whether it works or not i guess time will tell oh no i absolutely agree event eventually i'm I'm sure I'll probably the way things are advanced, I'll probably give it to later this year. I probably got like a second model, probably more perfected, mass produced, of course. Once you once you mass produce the supply, it gets cheaper in general. It probably go down to like two that two grand. That's just my guess. Yeah, um, I could see that. So, you know, that that's all I'm gonna say about that. That whole crazy goggle thing. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing that. Um, I mean I'm ready distracted sometimes my smartphone getting involved trying to get so many things done on the go so no i'm, I'm good i could imagine i could have bumped two people could cause fights 
not good. Don't don't do that, New York City people. If you visit there, especially if you want to be tourists, don't do what Casey Nice that Nice that did. And I am not giving the link to that video. No. Yeah, don't give them the views of fear. Right. <laughs> if you're not a fan. Yeah, I am. I am not. You you do that on your own. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna give that service and give him more clout than what he needs. He got plenty of clout already. Yes, I'm using the Gen Z ish terminology, clout. You know, fame. You know. Variety, you know, for for the other generation, and then variety is kind of a joke for lo- at least a lot of people because they just get famous for not doing anything. They're just like attention seeking. So, like if you look at the influencers now, they're really just like modern day clowns to me. Where I mean, some people get famous too from adding great value, which I think is good. Like if you add great value to the world, you do a bunch of positive things, get famous, great. But if you like look at the influencer generation now of what they're like on TikTok, it's like what what are you even doing? You you, you guys are just jokes. Do something useful. And a lot of people just... Ads yeah. interrupt. Yes, I'm a fellow anti-TikToker. I've been criticized. Yeah. Like, I've been alone on that criticizing TikTok with all the stupidity. I mean, if you want to talk about mental illness factory, all of that, you go to TikTok. Well, not only that, it's uh, a stupidity is actually pushing their algorithm. So how do you get views? You do something dumb. And then you get pushed. Oh, you're like, okay, great. You got a bunch of dopamine for doing something dumb. And then just the problem just keeps going. But that's neither here nor there. That's why I don't have the app. That, well, and well, I'm well, I can't say I miss I I have to convince I can't believe one of my older family members got to TikTok. I eventually convinced her to stop. She eventually <laughs> it took it was like a three-month effort to stop, yeah. stop, 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 stop. You're gonna drain your brain cells. So you're gonna you're gonna get artificial ADHD. Trust me. Well, well, the problem is so with, with that and social media in general. So I look at things in terms of um, diet. So like in terms of food diet, obviously, if you eat food A, you feel good the next day. You eat food B, you feel bad. There's some correlation. I think your thought diet is equally important. So like a lot of people, if you're on Reels, if you're on TikTok and you're doing that endless scroll, and I think you're, I think the environment and what you're consuming is always programming you. So if you're on that endless Reel of TikTok or Instagram, most often you're just programming yourself with complete garbage that doesn't serve you in any way or f- any way or form so what i did to help combat that is uh, first of all a while ago i was like okay let me go on instagram reels let's see how much of these add value turns out wasn't very much this doesn't help me so what i did is i had my instagram app because i need it for the two companies like i need to do some social media stuff so i can't delete it but i placed chess.com right next to my instagram app so whenever i have the urge to mindlessly scroll i just go over play a couple games of chess and i go, go on with my very day so the way to replace like a negative with a positive. I hope you listen to this because it's a massive, massive issue. And it's not just young people issue. It's also a good amount of middle age. People are going through this as well. Yes. For once I'm actually calling out the, well, my generation, the millennial, the gen Y, whatever the hell you want to call it. And even the X as well. I've even saw, seen some of that addiction to the X. Yeah. I, you don't hear that much, but um, yeah, they're also part of it. Yeah. We already know about the Gen Z, the so-called I generation alpha, whatever the hell you want to call them. Yeah. We know that they got that problem. They're the alphabet. They're the alphabet generation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't even know what, I don't even know what that means. It's like, uh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, the babies, the very young people, okay? There you go. Put it simple. Yeah, they they don't have this issue. And even, you know, older, yeah, older generation, at least prior to ours, I'm... I have seen that as well. That a lot of them just so hooked in their phone and all that. Yeah, it's... I've just listened to him on that one. Um, I'm... You know, I'm, I say I've come back. I'm much better at that because, ooh, YouTube used to be my problem. Yes, yeah, so I already had one to dick just say YouTube. I'm not going to replace it with another one else because YouTube, I like the long forum. Certain, certain, certain videos are very educational and informative. You know, it helps me out what I need to talk about and try to get up to date and sometimes last minute, sometimes proactively. I, I prefer to do the latter, the proactive approach. But, you know, that that that's that's my only legitimacy of being a dick. Uh, other than that, uh, no, there's no other... other reason and i don't recommend you doing that even if that's part of your job just be smart about it set some time blocks or whatever have some reminders or just or just replace negative with a positive when you're about to have that trigger you know play play chess play something play something that that you like um play even lugo which is uh i would say international version of sorry the board the board game so something like that just just, just find something Anything else. Yeah, anything else scrolling endlessly. And you're gonna realize that at one second becomes ten seconds, it comes a minute, an hour, before you know what time flew. You just yeah, it, it's that addicting. It's not a joke.
It's not a joke. All right. Wow. Well, 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 we slightly derailed the social media bashing. That's always welcome. Yeah. I mean, it came with a territory, really. Yeah. So it's 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 inevitable. That's fine. Um. So what's the current state of web? Three. So I would say we're still a ways off from mass adoption, and the two main reasons. So I'd say we're five. I'd say probably closer to ten, but maybe like five to ten years away from Web three mass adoption happening. For Web three mass adoption to happen, it has to be done completely in the background. My mom has to take out her phone, tap, tap, tapity tap. NFT stuff happens, crypto stuff happens. She doesn't know. She claims her benefit. The merchant gets paid. Everyone's happy. So the I would say we're at the beginning stages of mass adoption, and there are two main reasons why Web3 mass adoption isn't happening right now. The first is incentives, and this is where ShopX is trying to help. Like, for example, like there's no real reason for most people to even interact with crypto or interact with the Web3 space. Why would I get involved in that shit show? I don't know. I have no reason. I'm just going to go on my merry way. So ShopX is trying to help by offering e-commerce incentives with along with the NFTs, or I call them I call them passes just because NFTs have been kind of a dirty word for the bear market. But the first is incentives, and the second is user interface. So right now, Web3 is completely unusable for someone like my mother, my grandmother, or even someone within the ecosystem, where it's like, I can't send my mother to a Web3 product she wanted not to do. She could lose her money. She could get scammed. A bunch of stuff could happen. So the user interface has to get better. And the good thing is, I think it is. So Web3 operates or functions off a term called composability, which essentially means a compound of so- interest of software which means we build once and build on top of that. So right now we're at the phase where the big brands like the Nikes, the Sephora's, the NBA's, pretty much all the big brands, they've launched like pilot pilot stealth programs. They're still looking at it. They're still figuring it out. But once they, like, let's say for example, Nike goes all in, they have the resources they have, and now they have the incentive to build a seamless interface for their customers because Nike can't send their customers to something janky. Once Nike do, does that, we learn how as a, as a collective and then everyone can implement their own type of solutions. Once Nike does that, Reebok has to do it, Adidas has to do it, all the other brands, the big brands have to do it, and it becomes like a flood. And then ShopX helps with that flood because we're offering pro- like we're just an app within the Shopify app store, so anyone could do Web3 stuff within the app. So I think once it really gets rolling, it gets easier, more people use it, and just kind of goes in the background like Web2. Yeah, man, look, I know this is going to be um, inevitable. Let's just face it. Let's face reality. Let's stop. Let's just drop all the terminator i robot <laughs> you know fears that are just very popular a few times i promoted them just to be a complete ass um and just to scare you out but um you know this is this is gonna be uh, you know this is the future believe it or not rather rather one like it or not and i you know one day we'll get to web five i think we will become a pretty Better. normal-ish humanity <laughs> by then um so maybe maybe with a couple of brain scars or chip scars, what have you, from all the all the tech advancement that we went through. I mean, the hologram stuff seems cool to me, but that's just me. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, the hologram stuff is sick. Yeah, so I I, I think there's there there's the hologram stuff is, is cool. Um, virtual reality and eh, hit or miss. Eh. I like normal reality better. But some people may like virtual reality and teach his own. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, if I'm making a shit ton of money, that's a different story. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. You get that to real money, that'll be a different story. Uh, yeah, nah, but people just, you know, go through a, I hate to throw this term, digital detox, please, because he already said, jamming your your brain with a bunch of junk they they you've been exposed to through reels and algorithms and all that other stuff. It, it's going to get you. It's going to get you, rather realize it or not. It. It's already getting you. It's just waiting for a time for you just to, I don't lose your shit or just become depressed. And that's why I think all that depression and all in like mental health, it's at a decline. Yeah, no. And on top of that, there are two main. Re- and first off, the meditation retreat was completely phoneless or electronicless, which was super helpful. But in terms of depression and all that, a lot of that is instigated by social media because it always instigates a comparing factor. Like right now, who's who's like the average team comparing themselves to? Like some celebrities, like millions of dollars who got lucky. Honestly, probably just got placed there as a plant. But like, why don't I have this? I need to do this to get this and this. So they're in a constant state of comparison, a constant state of competition with their friends. And from a, um, from a science or med- medical perspective, what's happening when you are 
let's call it Instagram or on Facebook that they designed it to be this way, you're releasing dopamine. So your dopamine receptors are getting fried, right? The longer you scroll, the more fried your dopamine receptors get. So the more it takes to get happy, which results in longer scrolling, which results in more fried dopamine receptors. So you, everyone needs time to, I think everyone needs to reset their dopamine receptors. Yeah, I would say uh, definitely including myself. That's why I'm going out more often. And I'm serious, people, you know, we are, we are not made just to be on computer for eight, 10 hours per day. Uh, we are just not designed for that. If you decide to go out, move, do all that, I, you know, just go outside, get some, get some vitamin D. There's nothing, you know, the, if the sun is available, get your, that's your best source of vitamin D. All right. I'm not a health guru, but just do something, you know, yeah. do something, get, get some movement really. Um, You don't have to do all the traveling, all that, you know, I, I think you should because traveling does, it's good for your mind, expands your horizons and go, ah, you know, you can't experience everything through, through a screen. You just can't. So that's so just being physically there. Are present is the best way to um, enjoy certain moments, especially going to another country or even another state. If I'm going to just dumb it down a little, so I'm going to get all guru like. Let me stop. I'm definitely not the best model for that, but I'm a work in progress. That's all I can say about that. Everyone's a work in progress. So that that's that's all. Um. So yep. So you re- you already talked about NFT. I'm not gonna not gonna have you explain that again. I think you did very well. I like your spin to it as well. It should be digestible for a lot of these listeners. Um. Let's see. So you already talked about how brands are already doing that, and I think the the only thing I'm gonna say about that is whatever major company does it first, they're gonna have an advantage for a while because they yes. they have. I don't want to say monopoly. I'll say a soft monopoly. Monopoly, if you will, because they one of the few big companies that that did it until there's others that come along. And I know it's not a whole monopolistic, it's not centralized kind of system, so they can't have a monopoly. They may be dominant, but you know that their monopoly is not going to be. You know, it's not like freaking stock market, <coughs> a little bit of all that other stuff until some shit happens and then the stocks tank. All it takes is one bad psychological event for the stocks to go down. Uh, so that, that, that's what I'm going to say about about that. But they are going to have the advantage. Let me just say that they're going to have an advantage. For- 100%. First mover advantage. Yeah. Until, you know, that, that's, that's the advantage of being a successful early adopter. Yes. You're going to have more incomes coming in. And, you know, this is not me, kiss company, but this is just some... Um, reality you got to be successful early adopter this sadly there's already adopters that failed but in a way they paved the way for people and there are good how not to start a web a web three um business but we are still learning it's in its infant stage i'm you just especially said that's janky and certain people who are very ignorant or have limited experience cannot use on web three so it's still at its development phase unlike web one or two we know those very well and we look at web one like oh my god that's how it was in the 90s especially the 90s especially the the 90s that's the you know the web one the dot-com bubble that's the web one era where you just mostly read shopping was rare so social interaction is very rare, rare on on the web one very very rare it was just mostly read 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 information information and then you know then for web two social media boom you know the social medias i have to tell you what they are and then web three is ah i never explain that one i'm still trying to learn what the hell web, web three is myself i have like baby understanding on that so thank goodness we have people who's willing to dive into that. So um, this is going to get a little political because, you know, some people could say you sound like a libertarian. You know, you don't want cent- you want decentralized power. You want the individual to own. You don't want you know, centralized banks and governments to control NFT in the Web3. What do you say to that? Yeah, so I think Web3, and I think if you look at the track records of banks and governments, I think it's just terrible for the average person. And I think this was one of the main reasons I got into cryptocurrency in the first place, is I think it fixes a, I think it helps fix the incentive problem at the root level. So right now, let's say I want to become really rich without doing anything or without producing any value to anyone. What's the best way for me to do this? Okay, for me to do this, I would just have to place myself right next to the money printer, aka the Federal Reserve. If I'm right next to the money printer, I control the flow of money. I can take some to myself. I can give it to my friends. I can do th- I can do whatever I want with that. So that's what's happening at our level of government. And the worst part is, let's say one corrupt politician or one person right in the Federal Reserve, they get in, they bribe their way in, they get to, they get their friend in, and so there's two. Those two ones, since they're corrupt, they have access to money. They'll beat the non-corrupt ones. So it's a problem that 
gets worse at the top. So now it's four, the four get eight, the eight gets 16. Here we are, the 16, they get the money, they give their government contractor friends. So now they got, now their friends are making like 150 bucks per each water bottle they ship out. This results in, okay, if we need those contractors, how do we sustain this? Oh, we just generate endless war and we don't do anything other than extract. And this is all because the incentive is to place yourself next to the money printer. And like one, and we've been, this has been happening for a while. So the power, people have power on top. They're just like, they're just firmly placed. They're just kind of collecting. And when the money printer prints, they're stealing from all of us. And I think of it in terms of time. So let's say the government or whomever prints a trillion dollars, the average salary is $60,000 in the United States. A trillion dollars divided by 60,000, whatever number that is, that's how many years they've effectively taken off, taken from the general population. And obviously, they print more than a trillion, and they're triggered at scale, and not everyone makes $60,000. So I think they're literally stealing lives from people. And I think crypto or gold or whatever, I think gold fixed it as well. I just, in my opinion, crypto is a better but time will tell. I'm a fan of both. So what happens in a Bitcoin-based system? How do you how do you get rich in a Bitcoin system? Okay, well, I can't just print more Bitcoin. The only way for me to do that is to produce value. I have to produce, if I want to be really rich, I have to produce value at scale. Like, think about this way. If Elias, I wanted your Bitcoin... How do I get your Bitcoin? I can't print it away. I have to produce something of value to you, and then you give me your Bitcoin. So now the incentive is like, okay, how do I produce? How do I get myself rich? Because I think, I think ethical wealth. Well, a lot of people think of rich as being bad, like eh, rich, Scrooge McDuck. It's like no, I think I think ethical wealth wealth creation is entirely possible. And let's be real, most people like money. It provides freedom. It provides less experiences. And if you don't like money, you can give it away and provide value that way. But yeah, like in a Bitcoin system, if I want your Bitcoin, I have to produce something of value that you want from me, and then you give me your Bitcoin. So that it just incentivizes that at scale. In terms of political party, I don't, I don't know, I don't affiliate with either. I, I think in terms of in terms of energy, so I think in terms of energy frequency and vibration, and I think of I think of them as pendulum. So what's a pendulum? There's a good pendulum. There's a bad pendulum. Like I'm a I'm a pendulum. How does a pendulum survive? People give it their thought energy. So it's like if you ignore something bad, it eventually goes away. So they're only surviving because people are putting importance on them. Whereas everyone just ignore them and it's like fucking you guys. They would eventually die off and squeal and do that. So I, for that reason, I don't identify as a political party. I think Democrats are corrupt. I think Republicans are weak and corrupt. So it's like I I don't know what what, what am I supposed to do. <laughs> Oh, you know, I understand. I I am an independent myself. Yeah. I I don't I I don't believe for not being loyal to either party. I say, oh, I'm with you entirely. They they both well, the same party. They're on they're like two feet on the same body type of thing. And it's like Jesus Christ, you guys suck. Yeah, and you know, and you wonder why the Gallup poll or whatever poll they use to raise satisfaction of average Americans is at thirty four percent. That's what that was way too high. <laughs> That's thirty. That's thirty three percent too I'm high. I'm trying to get that down. It's like yeah, well, man. yeah, yeah. That's working. Yeah, we need we need to decrease that. Yeah, I I, I say I agree. <clears throat> the thirty five percent is too generous. Like Jesus Christ, thirty five percent people think you're doing a good job. That's wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, I, 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 I think at that point, I think those friends of those political consultants are saying yes, yes, yes. No, it's, it's not even that. It's like at that point, I don't think people are dumb. I think they're just brainwashed. They drink at the Kool Aid. And there's a difference between brainwashing and dumb. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm, yeah, I think I have to stop using the word dumb now. That they got they, that got me to reflect now. Yeah, brainwash stuff. Lee. I just yeah. like, it's it's more it's more brainwashed because they're not dumb. Dumb people are good. Like dumb man. It is what it is. Everyone's smart, everyone's dumb. Who cares? It's right. like a more brainwashing thing because the stuff they believe is like, what what? That's simply just not correct. And they're so adamant about it. They're so like in your face about it. It's like, dude, I'm I'm just trying to chill. I didn't even ask. Right. Why are you yelling at me? And there's like, ah, pay attention to me. It's like I don't want to. You're really unpleasant. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, you're conservative because you're anti this, or oh, oh, you're a liberal because you want this to happen. Yeah, I've been labeled both before. I said, look, <laughs> I'm too liberal to be conservative, and vice versa. I'm too too liberal. To, you know, I'm too conservative to be liberal. Look, I'm. I'm like an independent center person at the end of the day. I just reasonable. Think, you know, I, yeah, and but you know, we get drowned out so easily with the fringe minor with the fringe minor yeah. on either side. Let's see. It's it's, it's the, sad. Yeah. Sad to say at least. But that's the politics today. All right. Let's now let's get out of the whole politics. So we does affiliate any political party. I mean, by default, I would label that as independent. And we I think we need more independence in this country, to be quite frank. Um, not not these two, not these two Republicans. They're so obsolete in my opinion. They don't serve the 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 interests of their American people. They they serve well, they serve their own interests. 
Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Look, look, look how rich. I mean, e- on either side of the aisle, look how rich the typical center gets from whatever side they make. They will make like what two hundred k a year. Yet they're all worth like fifty, sixty million. How do, how does that happen? I mean, look, if you want to be a successful stock trader, just follow Nancy Pelosi's trades. So you'll do pretty well for yourself. Oh yeah, her and for the- oh, she's a piece. She's a piece of work. Oh, there you go. Let's just throw a Republican in here, throw a Democrat in there. Yeah, they're the same. They're just turds. Yeah, they are. They are. They're just different flavors. Yeah. Blue corruption, red corruption. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you're really going to get. You want donkey corruption, elephant corruption. Yeah. You're just picking you. <coughs> Pick your poison. Yep. So that that yeah that that's great. You already you already talked about um shop X, which that's the other question I have. But if you need to, it, it might cause you just to repeat a a little bit for those who really don't get it. For those who have no idea what the hell is Web three or NFT, all these new groovy terminologies that we just throw in there. I break down someone who just really has no idea about web fee or anything for that matter. Okay. It's exactly like the internet you're using right now, with the exception that users have the power and control rather than powerful platforms and governments. Yep. So yep, you're you're being essentially your own customer and all that. You can actually own your stuff, unlike you know, web two, the producer owns it, even though you create the post, you don't own it. I interact with it, give it a like, or curse you out with a meme or something. Um, they own, they own all, all of you know the the creator. You know, in this case, well, Mark Zuckerberg is really the owner, but he, he's not the original creator of Instagram. Let's just be clear about that. Correct. He's just the owner of that. Um, he's the creator of Facebook. Yeah, that one, but not Instagram. He just brought that in. And, and, and you can say the same thing about WhatsApp um, as well. But I'm not going to show off a little knowledge I have on that. But, but you get the point. So that's the difference with Web 2 and Web 3. We have some ownership, you know, and there is limitations. You can't just mass produce Bitcoin and there's no machine for that. And they, and they already put a strict cap on it because they don't want to, you know, end up like the fiat currency. America will just refer to the whole money printing, all that good stuff for their friends and friends, friends. And then it's just, of course decreasing the value of the dollar significantly and yeah and that's called um inflation folks and we are still suffering the remnants yeah, of that. just go to the go to the grocery store and compare the prices from like five years ago compare the prices from 1971 because that's when the inflation started yep and it is night and day difference okay so a lot of stuff used to be nickels and dimes now there are dollars, okay? We're talking about 10, 20, even $30. Just use that, just use that comparison. You know, somebody's supposed to be cost, I don't know, nickels and dimes or a few dollars. So now it's yeah, it's astronomical. Yeah. It's That's a shame. It, it it really is. It really is. And you wonder why people don't trust government. You wonder why people are so cynical because of this. And we, we play by their rules and we get screwed over. I can't, I, I don't blame people for being upset, frustrated, or become cynical because, you know, they telling us what worked in 1980s, but in 2024, a good chunk of stuff that we try to do like in 1980s don't work anymore. You just don't. I mean, did, did AI exist in 1980s? Yeah, it was very limited. It was probably, it was an opponent in a video game. That's the best example I could give you. <laughs> that was AI yeah. compared to now. Now it's more widely available things to open AI. That's the only difference that they did. They didn't create AI. They just made it more publicly available. That's they made it. They made it open, hence the names. Yep, yep, so exactly. So they released a cat out of the bag. That's all they did. They didn't create, they didn't, you know, they didn't, they're not the first ones to create AI. AI was much more limited back then. You know, AI was used through Web 2 as well. You know, algorithms with um, social media. So that's a that's AI. Before the whole open AI made it public, I was all oh, man, it came in 2019. No, no, no. Go way back then. If I'm going to be kind, go back to 1980s. If you want to go, if you want to go even further back, well, probably what was the very first video game made, made like probably 1949, 1950s. And I was going to use for military people who was a past time while they were waiting. Yeah, that was AI was implemented in those games. Pretty impressive stuff for 1949 to 1950. 
Okay. So I'm just giving you a super short version of tech history because I don't want to drag this out for too long. So let's see what we got here. Wow. We actually, you know, we could talk about that um artificial date. I want to call yours matchmaking AI for for dating services. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that, that was pretty sweet. And it's connected to ShopX. So I met the CEO and the other founder or one of the other founders because I was on a podcast tour for like ShopX specifically on like a crypto podcast tour. <clears throat> I went on his, we kept in touch and all of a sudden this random date dotting profile started following me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? We got on a call. It's funny. We started working on that. So what Data Inc. is, it's the first ever AI powered matchmaking service. So what we do is we create a, dig a we auto generate a profile for you based on your digital footprint and give matches based on their digital footprint. And the reason it's successful is it's the current dating market sucks because of Instagram, because of dating apps. And the reason that sucks is because first off on in like, let's use Tinder as an example, but we, it works for all the other apps. So on Tinder, the top 5% get access to everyone in the marketplace, creating a skewed marketplace. On Tinder, it's clearly physical, so it's hot or not. Hot swipe right, not swipe left. Again, leading to problem number one. And I would say the biggest problem with Tinder is their incentive structure. So if Tinder eventually does match a happy couple, the couple goes off the app, they lose a paying customer, which doesn't work with Tinder's incentives. And because Match.com, they have, by the way, Match.com pretty much has a monopoly on the dating apps. So it's very unlikely to change. So whenever an app reaches around like a million users, they try to acquire them. So that's the current current landscape of the marketplace. So dotting is opposite. We want to put people in the position to succeed. So for example, my profile is auto-generated based on my social footprint. <clears throat> I get three matches. Ashley, Kimberly, Jane, who have profiles based on their, their social footprint. I don't get too many matches because I want our app wants you to learn more about each individual. I'm like, okay, Jane seems cool. Tell me about Jane. She went to a four university because she her LinkedIn is connected. On her Instagram, she tags herself in a lot of national parks. That's cool. Her Pinterest board shows you have similar interest. Her YouTube, you both like the same type of content. Oh, did you know you both follow this one artist on Spotify? He's in your top three. Oh, did you know there's a concert coming up with this one artist? Do you want me to suggest a date with Jane? The date gets suggested. She's like, yes, I would go. So what that means is we're putting our users in the position to succeed. So let's say the Spotify example didn't come up. It still would have made the match happen because of stuff like that. So that could come up organically. And let's say Jane and I, we hit off, we get married, we do all that jazz, which is the goal of the app. The app can then function as a relationship butler. So it could be like, hey guys, you haven't been out in three months. It's time to plan a date. Here's a recommended baby service for the kids. Oh, did you know the place you had your second date? They have like a two for one on lasagna or spaghetti. We recommend you go there. Would you like me to make reservations long term? And we also building out a AR and a like we're building on the AR portion too, just because of what I mentioned with the Apple thing. We think it's more mainstream in the future, so we want to get ahead of that. But long term, it also has the ability to become a community voting app. So I can be like, find me five guys who are also into Muay Thai, who are also within twenty miles. Who also like to read? Who would like to try this taco place? And then you can build communities that way because I think relationships and community is something lacking in society. And I think social media has definitely pushed that. So hopefully we're trying to help us one cup at a time. All right. Yeah, so I think I have to actually agree. I think social media did so much damage to the fabric and the foundation of human relationships. I like it's not just a dating app. It's also um, a community building app, getting um, a couple of guys, a couple of girls, you know, to unite over a common interest. I think that's very wonderful. And I think, you know, if this thing goes well, this could be the cure and the antidote for the massive damage social media has done, especially it, countries like I was saying here in Japan. It can it can help it can help in the end the people still have to meet face to face and be personable so we want to facilitate the meeting but again it always falls back on the person like you have to be a friendly kind person if you want people to like you and vice versa so we're here to help but in the end i think the responsibility is still it still lies with the user itself oh yeah no, absolutely You're absolutely right about that it's a good thing you point that out i was thinking so well maybe if the person is still an ass and wants to be anti-social I don't know why they want to install the app in the first place unless yeah. it's a troll or something. We, we also have a we also have a are you on Reddit at all? Or have you been on Reddit? Um, I I just peep I just peep on it. I don't have time for Reddit, but I So we have we have a system in place, a karma point system, so it's based off of Reddit. So for good behavior, like um, being pleasant, being friendly, going on dates, not being rude, you get good karma, bad behavior like ghosting, cussing, inappropriate pictures. 
all that jazz, you get negative karma. So obviously the good karma users get matched with better karma users and bad karma users get matched with bad karma users. Hopefully encouraging people to like just be pleasant. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe, the, maybe someone too much bad karma sure you get matched at all. Probably put them in suspensions or something. I yeah. don't. That's just an. That's just an idea. Um, I, I don't want to ruin all their chances forever. They could change. And I have some faith in them. Let me just throw a little bit of spirituality in here. I, I mean, Howard. You know, I'm not an algorithm wizard, so you know, I think I think bad karma people deserves to be a match. Um, but um, you know, but if they do something like I don't know, throw up. I don't know, send some in the picture that shows their private genitalia for example or you know or someone who is just i don't know just sending memes picking on this person's disability or something to share very personal but yet this person decides to troll some meme or something you know of course you know um yeah that the relationship's not going to work because but you know what it it doesn't matter if one is ready it takes two to make that happen exactly well, God could have the best intentions, have one step forward, but the only one wants to be an ass or a troll. It's just not going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I do get entertained from, from trolls, but even if I got my limits, like, okay, stop, 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 stop. It, it was funny, like, the first two times, but all right, stop. It's, it's, it's enough, buddy, you know, and you're hurting this person's own feelings. It, it, it just show, you know, you're going to be alone. You know, you find, ha, 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 it's funny now, but later on, you reap what you sow, and, well, let's throw in karma in there as well. You know, you're going to be alone, or you're going to deal with a bigger troll who'll make your life miserable. So, you know, it's always crazier out there, both physical, real world, and in social media slash and web three world i'm sure so yeah and the reason for that is if you think in in terms of energy or if you think of everything in terms of frequency when you're saying like i'm sad you're saying you're you're vibrating a certain frequency you're happy certain frequency angry certain frequency hateful certain frequency joyous certain frequency and just like a radio station and demetrols certain frequency so just like a radio station when you turn to a specific frequency you go to that radio station when you're in a certain emotional state like if you're happy or sad you're on a specific frequency and you'll attract people of the similar frequency so that's why it doesn't it doesn't really help to be like trolling or just to be hateful or anything it really does help to be positive and open-minded because then you'll attract more positive and open-minded people in your life and thus creating yourself a nice little upward spiral. I know this sounds cockamamie and crazy for some of you, but you know what? It's actually true because I used to be, and I've said this story many times, I used to be like a very depressed, super cynical person. And I got, of course, shit people, shit situations, and things just got worse. Me, I would say I am more neutral, flirting with the positive realm now. I am not, you know, happy-go-lucky, too positive all the time, but I'm more at the neutral, touching, flirting with the positive territory, just being a little iffy on that. On that, as compared to before my teenager, it's like early 20s, I was at the, I was kind of at the pretty deep negative um side of the of the of the, of the alignment so it's possible um things are getting better there's still that's good so I, I gotta say you know i think my negativity is more like just i use it for comedy and drama really um but other than that but i used to really embrace that and just be you know like this uh what's the what's the cringe term edge lore you know try to super badass and push your emotions aside show how tough you are by starting fights or just having the wittiest comebacks you know just try and get on top and you know it, it's not it's not it's not it's not good and you know people we just gotta stop that we need each other you know even even me who likes to be independent i'm I'm pretty independent i'm an independent person but you know we still need people at the end great that, that's that's all i'm gonna say i mean i'm sure you agree because he's fiercely independent okay and i could just i could just say that much especially being you know for for decentralization having customers having real ownership instead of just pseudo ownership that we have experienced in web 2 especially and i'm gonna throw in the game consoles in there when you download the stuff you don't really own it yeah you know that you don't really own it so they could take they could take stuff down they could do weird stuff with it and all you did is just pay for limited access. Yeah, the Call of Duty is a great example of how they just vaulted certain content that you never had access for, even though you paid for it. You know, it's you know, it's online. 
You gave him that right. You know, that's really funny. So the creator of Ethereum, he's some guy named Vitalik. He, he's a smart dude. He created Ethereum. What gave him the idea is his WoW character got nerfed. Yeah, so his, his WoW character got nerfed. He's like, oh, this isn't good. And then he created Ethereum based off of that. Oh. Yeah, some lore. Yeah, that's to... some lore for Ethereum. I, I would never find that out. That's yeah. for sure. That's a cool fact. I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's, that's funny. It's like a little trivia or something. You know, I like yeah. facts like that. I don't. It adds a certain level of richness to it, you know. You know, it, yeah. It, it's like it. It was just like you're adding like the icing, you know, and the toppings. It just it makes it more attractive to eat. Just it's just you know, you can just eat the plain cake, but it's not as attractive or good looking. So you know, it adds richness to it. So I I, I like little trivia's like, oh, that's a fact for you if you want to connect to me in a personal level, um, listeners slash viewers. So um, I think we're ready to plug in with the shop X. You got a lot of products. Let's yeah. Do- Shameless, let's just do the shameless plug-in right now. Um, yeah, I could go on this for at least another hour, but look, we are both very, very busy people. So you go to I want to put the main one, shopx.co. It's spelled shop s-h-o-p-x.co. Okay, yes, dot co. Forget com. I know we used to com 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 or org or net is dot co. Okay, it's a little different out. Put the link in the description and, you know, and once you know you're in the right website, you're going to see a very beautiful, I got to say a very beautiful website. It starts with a purple heart. It changes some um, odd looking arrow. I think that is. And then it was with a yellow X. It's nice 3D graphics. I, you know, it's, it's really web three because it, amplifies graphics as well unlike web 2 the web 2 has certain limitations on that of course you can use on bitcoin and ethereum and all the other cryptocurrencies for for the stuff you know and you actually own your stuff ownership is back ownership back yes sir those are your differences and feel free to correct me if i go off the rails i'm not an expert like i said i'd rather be corrected on the spot than just go through the flow like i'm right and i'm gonna be duping myself so you know he already he you know, he, this, this is great, great stuff. And of course, let me just throw in the social media links as well. The web two component of this plugin. Okay. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. I'll put, I'll put all those links in the description. Anything else you want me to um, promote or say before I wrap this up? Yeah. So if you're interested in the dotting version, the website for that is dotting.io. So D-A-T-A. ING.io and that launches February 14th and we're going to revamp the website as well. So yeah, um, either of those projects, feel free to reach out anytime. My goal is to be as helpful as possible. So yeah, just shoot me a DM, uh, hit us up on those platforms and we can take it from there. I'm not hitting him up. He's a very sociable person. He wants to spread as much positivity as, as possible. He's so, yeah, he's the he's the real deal, right? So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. You know, I understand if you say, oh, people, people preach positive, but they don't do positive. No, I I agree with you. I'm from, I'm in New York. I do a lot of bullshit artists all the time. So I I get it. But not this guy here. He wants to help out. And, you know, he spoke, speaks well, eloquently. I, or I could take credit for slightly corrupting him with the swearing. That's it. Other than that, uh, it's, it's, it's natural. The, the swear sometimes they come out. If it flows, it flows. Yeah. So, like when, when you're talking about government, it's hard not to swear. Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah. Ah, whatever. They 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 deserve more than middle fingers, but I'm not gonna get into that. We don't we don't try to keep it positive and you know really through a little bit of ire at the government especially which is well deserved really oh 100 i mean if i think we left went like but yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like you, you can go to talk like, yeah you oh, can go yeah. to town on some of the stuff they're up to behind the scenes oh yeah no i uh, yeah. This, yeah this is like me just giving like the diet level of insult yeah yes, no, yeah i think we one other guest oh yeah we went we went H- you go hard <laughs> we went hard we didn't care it's freedom of speech you know freedom of speech is not a republican or democrat thing it's it's a human thing i think it's a i think it's a basic human right yeah no yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so what's the dating um link again because i'll make sure i got that is d-a-t-a-i-n-g dot i-o correct okay i'm surprised i was even hey you got it Okay. Yeah, I want to make sure I share that as well. You know, you might not be into shopping, but you might, but you might want to shop for a potential maid. Uh-huh. 
And so, hey, let me throw my corny pseudo commercial. That wasn't that bad. That's kind of hard. So, that's that's all. All right. So, that's enough of me being a corny capitalist um, for a moment there. So, let's see. Now, this is why I do my usual wrap up of the whole YouTube and Rumbler kind of thing. So, like, comment, subscribe, subscribe for YouTube, and follow for Rumble. We use different terminologies, but it's the same thing. And if you listen to this Apple podcast, leave a five-star review. You don't need to explain anything, but if I don't get a five-star review, just be honest so I can improve. What didn't go so well... I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, just just give some specific, clear feedback about what kind of proof. Look, I'm willing to learn. Just you got you got some control over me, people. So that's all I want to hear. That's all I want to know. And you know, I do read them, even though you're not supposed. To, some people say that's supposed to read them, but I, I read them. How else are you gonna grow? So I disagree with Joe Rogan on that one. That's one of the few things I disagree with him. And then for Spotify, you could just give a star rating. Hopefully it's five star. If not, I totally get it. You cannot leave a review. So that's the big difference between Apple Podcast and Spotify. Spotify, you should update that seriously. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting, actually. Yeah, no. They, they, yeah. You just, you, just, you just give a star rating and that's it. Super yeah. uh, Apple, well, Apple Podcast is more in depth. I prefer to pop all podcast system um, anyways. So for whenever you're listening to this podcast, if a blessed day, afternoon, or night.